Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Uh, sorry we didn't have a show earlier this week. I know that I was trying to go to the two-episode uh, or two-segment, two-halves every single week. Uh, however, on Tuesday, uh, we looked online and we realized there actually hasn't been a whole lot that's happened. And the same is kind of true in the tech world um, uh, leading up to this particular Friday. So we have a chill show. Uh, Nick Gray and I uh, are back on the show to talk about all of the OnePlus details that have actually been more or less confirmed. Not only the OnePlus watch, which a picture of was sent to Unbox Therapy, who then put it on his Twitter. Uh, But then we also have a bunch of details that were also confirmed by The Verge. Uh, One thing I do want to mention on the outset of this, uh, for the first five-ish, five to ten minutes, uh, we do talk about how I'm feeling. Um, Obviously, talking to people about uh, literally anything is therapeutic, which is why we love this podcast. Uh, But I do talk through a little bit about how I'm feeling regarding the um, recent uh, tragedies that have occurred in the Asian American community. Being Asian American myself, I obviously have been very affected by all of the things that have been happening recently. So I did just want to put out a few thoughts and feelings out there at the outset of this show. Please take care of yourselves and each other. I say it after every single show, and I'm saying it now. Um, to anybody out there, no matter what um, background you have, just please care for one another. Stop Asian hate. And we hopefully we'll be able to get through all that is going on right now together uh that said this is still a tech podcast we still talk about uh quite a few things so i hope you still enjoy this conversation uh, as you get ready for your weekend so with that said nick gray of fandroid back on the show enjoy the chat i i I wouldn't i wouldn't feel right starting off a podcast on a week like this without at least mentioning or addressing the fact that you know it's 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 not the biggest tech news week, but it is a huge world slash U.S. world uh, U.S. news week. Um, so of course uh, we we didn't do a Tuesday episode because there wasn't a whole lot of news. And actually, we had a plan for this week. I was actually going to be interviewing somebody, but we actually pushed that back to another time. And as it turns out, the rest of the week wasn't really full of like very hard hitting tech news. Um, so we're going to do our best with this episode today, um, Nick Gray on the episode, uh, here on the show again. And, um, thank you by the way, for coming in. Um, my pleasure. It's uh, you're. <laughs> I say it very often whenever you're on the show, but it's always great to have someone as reliable as you for, for stuff like this. Um, with that said, um, the other plan that we had was Jaime and I were going to, to come on for this week, but, um, uh, as it turns out, he and I might have an opportunity soon to be able to be together on the show. Kind of like it almost is. It's almost as if whenever Jaime comes on the show, it has to be like physically, like me and him in the same room, live and in person. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah, we're we're. I guess we're just reserving it for then. Um, so, I, I don't have any details yet, but it might be next week or the week after. Who knows? Um, so yeah, that's why I have uh, Nick on, and I I, I just. If you notice a certain tone in my voice today, it is it is probably obviously because of all of the news that has happened this week. And I just want to put it out there at the beginning of this episode. Um, even saying the term hashtag before something like this is, I mean, that's what you probably have seen on social media. Um, you know, the stop Asian hate and everything like that. I'm not going to go into any of the actual news stories that have occurred because of it, but I will tell you that it has affected me deeply. So this is one of those weeks, kind of like when the Black Lives Matter pl- protests were happening back in the summer and I had Thunder E of Board at Work on. Th- things were different for that week 
we the 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 looming specter of the biggest news of the week was obviously over us and i will apologize ahead of time to anybody who can hear it in my voice and it's not what you expected on this show but you also have to forgive me because how could i not feel the way that i am feeling um it's almost as if we come back to the conversation that you and i nick have had multiple times on multiple of my podcasts of the whole like doom scrolling and going through social media um the news is one thing social media is obviously another and it's not to say that i've been on twitter just refreshing the news uh tab or anything like that there are actually a lot of asian american influencers and youtubers um and voices even even journalists that i follow and those are the people that i have just been kind of following so of course it's not that i've just been trying to find the crap (laughs) you know unwittingly i've actually just been trying to keep up with fellow asian americans who i trust and of course they have a lot to say yeah i mean it's the, the world we live in it's hard to escape the news uh and then factor in social media on top of that and it can all stack up pretty quickly so uh, yeah, it's just been a tough week. I mean, um, there's so many things that could be said about it, but uh, you actually had a, a live stream yesterday that you talked about it a little bit with a couple other tech tech people. Yeah, um, my sibling, basically they are like family to me. Um, Chris Velasco and Sherlyn Lowe of Engadget. Um, Sherlyn, on her personal page, hosted uh, a live stream just to just wanted to open up a space on instagram live uh for people to ask questions to discuss not to even say that they they even have the answers to any of those questions but we just want to try and find them and I, I i popped in and i just kind of I, I just wanted to hear what they had to say and then i instagram gave me this like bubble that said oh do you want to request to be a part of this and i realized oh yeah Instagram did that thing where you can have more than two people on a on yeah. A live now stream. I think you can have four yeah on a live stream. So I thought about it for like I was staring at it for like a good ten seconds, and I was like, okay, I will say, it. I will I, I will request I will go. Um, so I popped in, told them I'm not here to like hijack anything. I just wanted to say hi to you guys first of all because I miss you, but also like you know, if you will have me, I I, I will sit in, and apparently I had a lot to say. <laughs> um. If there's anything that I can put out there for our listeners who are obviously from all around the world, if you, I'll just reiterate one of the main points that I made during that live stream, which is there are a lot of people out there who adore Asian culture, Asian food, Asian media. And if you are one of those people not being of Asian descent yourself, please, please, please when you watch that next anime episode, when you listen to that next BTS song, when you watch that next K-drama, when you watch anything, a martial arts movie, doesn't matter, please take that moment to remember that you love a thing that a people have made. So please love the people too. And tell each other to do that as well. Your family members, check in on your Asian American friends. And I know that the conversation can sometimes veer into multiple different directions. Um, Let me just put this out there. Oppression is oppression is oppression. 
there is no reason for anybody to try and say that one side has it worse than the other. All I'm saying is right now, this is the struggle that we are facing at the moment. So please remember that when you have these conversations with people in your lives. We're not, it's not that one thing happened before and then we just forget about it and move on to the next issue. No, these are all the same issue. So please remember that when you have these conversations with people. That being said, um, I don't know. I, uh, we have a couple of ideas for what to talk about for this episode. Um, again, it was a slow news week. Not a whole lot to really talk about. <laughs> Hard hitting, that is. It was. I mean, we have a couple announcements that are on the horizon. A couple devices that are coming up next week. Uh, and we've seen a lot of teasing for those. Uh, I think the main one is the OnePlus devices, and along with that, a OnePlus smartwatch, which would be the first for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's that's the main attraction for, or the main thing that's been in the news this week is just these teasers that are coming specifically directly from OnePlus. And one actually that launched uh, or hit the web today with a photo from... Um, Unbox, right? Yeah, Unbox Therapy uh, tweeted photo and then was retweeted by OnePlus, which makes me think maybe they're working together because companies typically don't retweet links. Okay, so I love that you, I love that you brought that up. And we're going, we're going to have a larger discussion regarding this OnePlus smartwatch because there are some details that may or may not have been. Oh, actually, it has been confirmed. Uh, One particular detail has been confirmed by Pete Lau, CEO of OnePlus. And that's the that's the detail I want to sprout from for the back half of the show. You just reminded me of one piece of news that actually did happen this week that I think we could talk about a little bit. It's going to be again, this whole idea of like leak culture leaks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see, and I know you coming from Fandroid, I mean, you follow everything, but I mean, it would be interesting to get your take on this. Uh, did you see the whole slight fiasco regarding the date of the Apple wa- uh, Apple event, not watch, Apple event? Originally, people thought it was going to be in March, but then app- but then that was what was leaked. That was what was leaked. And then Apple comes out and says on the record that, oh, no, it's in April. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like we, you usually don't get manufacturers commenting on leaks unless it's completely wrong, setting the wrong expectation for what's going to happen. Because if if there's something that's circulating broadly about uh, an upcoming unannounced device that makes it sound better than it actually is, that has negative impact on the company once the real product is announced, or in this case, a, a different product launch date, because there are people who are investing in that company on the stock market with expectations of something's going to happen on this date. And then if something doesn't happen on that date, then that has negative implications to the stock market and the stock price of that company and the company's total evaluation. So. I think Apple wanted to get out ahead of that one and say, "Hey, you know, this there we have nothing on the books for for March, you know." Set but the that, thing is, push that back like, a couple of weeks. But the thing is it was like technically a leak, so a lot of leakers and speculators online on Twitter, I mean, they are in and of themselves a genre of journalist at this point. Mm-hmm. Um 
they were the ones saying like, yeah, it's going to be at this point, it's going to be at that point, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's speculation in one of the articles that I read or that was presented to me about this because I had a small discussion about it within a group chat. Um, apparently, this is one of those moves that is like a is like a back room. What's the term I'm looking for here? Behind the scenes, behind the curtain, corporate move to basically weed out a mole in their company ranks who might be leaking information so if they originally said to their employees march 23rd which i think was the date that was originally um but then they say april then they can figure out who said march 23rd to somebody and fire them or something well yeah so like if you have if you have a specific date in mind it's it's kind of like a sting operation right like mm-hmm. you you set something up knowing that some false information is being leaked or you know in the case of you know products being sold and stuff like that you set up a fake buyer and things like that so in this case if that's exactly what it was they would have shared this information with somebody internally with you know maybe a group of five or six different people or you know even maybe a smaller group knowing that one of these people is sharing information externally Mm -hmm. and then you're able to you know process of elimination say hey we only shared this with three people these are our you know we only have three options here as far as who would be able to share this information knowing that it really wasn't the correct information so and I, it's who, not, who knows if that's true or not as to how but, yeah. it actually played out but uh, yeah it's definitely something that does happen from time to time i mean it, it happens in a lot of different industries and you know a couple different ways like this yeah it's, it's not something that we would typically i feel like rather I, I should say i think i think this is not something we would typically know is happening behind the scenes because obviously corporate deals with corporate Mm -hmm. you know they're trying to they're trying to protect themselves right but of course when it comes to things like leaks i mean that these are the pieces of information that people like us um whether or not it's because we're fans or because we're in the industry i'm talking about consumers in general this is the kind of information that we feed off of that we want you know trying to figure out when the next best thing is coming when the next big thing is coming blah 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 and because a leak of an apple event was part of the mix Perhaps Apple had no choice but to make it public that, oh, what you heard is incorrect. And then mm-hmm. the speculation on top of the speculation begins. So it's it's interesting to me because one of the questions in the group chat that I was in was like, what do you guys feel about this? And I my first thought was, if Apple, Google, any big tech company gets uh, gets like accused of spreading misinformation, does this fall under that category <laughs> that they like controlled leak isn't a controlled leak technically misinformation in this case well no not if you know they they didn't intend to have that information make it out to the public they shared it internally to help you know find yeah. somebody leak who is makes leaking it a little different huh? yeah right so you know it, it wasn't apple going and sharing that information directly with you know the external leaker right that Mm -hmm. that shares it to twitter or anything like that it was them seeding the information internally with the hopes to find somebody who is leaking something right um but i mean that that puts you know a lot of the questions into the air as to are leaks really leaks are they controlled leaks are they promotional leaks and there's a whole slew of different variations within there because 
like you know as we started talking like this image for the OnePlus watch came from a big brand within the tech community which then got retweeted by OnePlus and typically whenever a leak happens you can contact the PR agency or you know the internal PR team within a manufacturer and say hey do you want to comment on this leak and usually the response is we do not comment on leaks rumors or speculation and yeah. you know that's that's the most you're ever going to get like i've been asking this question for a decade now and i've maybe once gotten something that was yes but or no but and just a clarification on something um but to have them retweet a leak and share it on their own uh, Twitter page. It, it, that's one of the things where it's like, yeah, that's confirmed and most most likely a collaboration between the brands. I saw some comments on that story that I was reading about this. That was like uh, one of the one of the commenters said, no, to an effect. I'm I might be paraphrasing here, but basically, good that you know we don't actually know because. The element of surprise for a consumer is so hard mm -hmm. to come by sometimes when leaks and rumors are kind of all that we like. It's our version of tabloid in in tech. Oh, yeah, it's totally like as much as I like to say that we're running a technology journalism website, it's honestly it's it's more like a tabloid because that's the stuff that feeds the readers that come mm -hmm. in like you you can write you can write an incredible review you can do an in-depth piece on uh you know anything you can write a great editorial but anytime you either share an opinion that's against you know the the main opinion as to what people are sharing that gets a lot of views or anytime that you share or one of the first to share information about a device that hasn't been shared before everyone just clamors for it and you know that that's the case with news in general but this this is more of as you said more of like a tabloid type thing where people just want you know wh what's the biggest scandal coming up or what's this thing that nobody else knows yet and that's the thing that people just simply want to consume as much as possible yeah agreed um it does spoil things a little bit like i i, I come oh, completely. back well i come back to because there, there is a part of me that is still a consumer. For example, my daily phone is one that I bought. Um, it would be great if Asus would, you know, send me a Zen phone um, whenever they come out. But I love the Zen phone concept so much. Like they just don't. They really don't. And uh, <laughs> the, it, it, the, the Zen phone concept is just something that I always enjoy. And now that we're getting phones like the Oppo Find X3 Pro, which probably is going to be a precursor to multiple phones that have this Sony 50 megapixel sensor um, that have like high powered wide angle cameras, perhaps like, you know, th there are certain things that Oppo has shown us in their latest phone that we already talked about that I might look forward to finding potentially in a Zen phone that has the flip out camera. And I'm like, oh, that's what I really want. So now the speculation's coming out that there's gonna be a smaller version of the Zenfone 8, the Zenfone 8 Lite, as mm -hmm. it's called, but it will still have all of the same specs. It's basically like a Sony compact phone. And I'm holding I'm holding my Zenfone 7, like, I just got you though. I, 
<laughs> I'm already feeling it because of these I, leaks I and feel, rumors. I feel betrayed. Yeah. Why couldn't they give this to me before? Like, and, and, I, and I, I get that I'm just going to be in the circle of the yearly update. I mean, I, I get it. I'm yeah. in this industry. That's what it is. But to, to, to know it's coming is simultaneously hype, but also like despair because I'm just like, oh, I'm going to like, I, I already feel my, I already feel myself getting that FOMO and I have this phone. I love this phone. It's the phone I bought. I bought it, imported it no less <laughs> now i'm already feeling it because these leaks and rumors are spoiling it for me <laughs> i know i know i mean i used to be on the two-year upgrade cycle and you know, go going two years between phones was so hard when you see all these devices coming out and you know finally like you i i, I pretty much do a one-year upgrade cycle for my own personal device hmm. uh even though i have all these other devices to play with i I always gravitate towards one device that I keep going back to time and time again, just because it it's comfortable having your setup perfect every time. Um, but yeah. So what are your what's your take on this OnePlus watch? Okay, so we actually have a lot of things that are confirmed from the the OnePlus side. We're gonna go through them a little a little bit by little bit um, right after this break. It's not just the OnePlus watch that we have learned some stuff, though. Um, I pulled up an article over on The Verge, and they sort of consolidated all of these little details that OnePlus has been not leaking, but straight up just giving to, like, not just, like, the watch uh, was to unbox therapy. And now we have all of these other, um, all of these other uh, pieces of, all these other pieces of information that have been fed to The Verge, for example. Here's one. Um, OnePlus has let The Verge try the nine pros. 50 watt wireless charging and it says here it is indeed fast going from zero to 100 percent in 43 minutes here's the question i have for you here we already have a bunch of people in our comments always talking about how fast charging is cool and all but they're not really supportive of it because it's a long-term issue now we have really fast wireless charging and i, I i'm not going to speculate and say that we're going to come back to like phones exploding or anything like that but this is this is becoming a mainstream feature if OnePlus is is bringing it. I know that what was it the the Oppo Find X3 Pro had pretty fast wireless charging as well, right? I believe it's the same speed. Yeah, it's just we don't have any chargers that support it. It's not, it, not, they're not yet. Air Vuk charging. Mm-hmm. Um, Find X3 Pro. Here we go. I just wanted to pull it up real quick. And on the Find X3 Pro, what Oppo has put in is indeed. Oh, okay. So they have 30 watt. So there's this 30 watt and OnePlus is one upping it with a 50 watt. <laughs> so they have 30 watt, which is what OnePlus had last year with the eight pro. Okay. There we go. So where do you land on the fast, the fast wireless charging side? And I, I feel um, like the two terms are different for everybody, right? Cause some people don't believe in wireless. Some people don't believe in fast. You know, I, I want there to be an option, like give me the option to go fast, but also give me the option to set, like physically set the charging speed. Mm. Like I plug in my phone and it says charging and then a little pop-up comes up. It says, do you want fast, medium or slow charging? And you tap it and like it'll remember it for the next time. 
That's and an I, interesting. Yeah, I've never thought of that. Because the, some of these devices, they if you dig deep into the settings, like the Galaxy S21 Ultra, it has the option to choose fast charging or slower charging. I mean, the Galaxy S21 Ultra only charges at up to 25 watts. So, you know, compared to OnePlus devices, it's, you know, not even half the speed. But it allows you to go slower. You can go at 12 watts if you want, uh, you know, giving you that battery longevity if you're worried about, you know, the degradation of the lithium ion cell on the inside. But it's one of those things where we have the technology to solve this issue. How about you give consumers the choice to solve this issue on their own? So you can get fast wireless charging, you can get fast wired charging, and then you plug it in and you give the consumer the option and then they can choose, you know, choose your own adventure. Do you want a battery that will charge fast? Well, Right now I do. I'm going to leave, you know, I'm getting ready to go to work and I forgot to put it on charger overnight. I need to charge it up for 15 minutes. I had Give two me scenarios. the fastest possible. I had two scenarios in my head as you were saying that. Number one, and I know this is a cop-out. This is an absolute cop-out. I get it. <laughs> okay. I was thinking, um, well, why not just use a slow charger? <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, not everyone's going to have multiple bricks, multiple power bricks. You know, not everyone's going to have, going to want to do that even. Like, oh, I want to charge my phone slowly. Let me get a 15-watt charger. Like, It's not going to matter to them. Pull it out of the drawer. You got a piece of tape labeled on it with you know, 15W written on the side. I know that's an absolute cop-out, and I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, like, you know, there, that is an option technically if you really are worried about the oh, fast totally charging. Is. Yeah. But also, don't these companies, and wasn't it Apple who kind of um, – championed it in their phones i know that they don't have super fast charging but they do have charging technology that actually limits oh sony sony i I totally forgot sony is the one who would actually have adaptive charging so that actually slows down the closer it gets to a higher percentage or something to that effect like they have that expanded charge pretty much all of them do i mean that's that's what the quick charge standard does no i agree but i mean sony literally put like like um not really a mode but they actually tune the software yeah. Yeah. But I I mean so but again, and any device that has Qualcomm's quick charge, it has the tuned software and also the chipset itself is doing it. Mm-hmm. The chipset is li- doing limiting limiting charging based off of the percentage of the battery and how quickly or how how much it's charged. So I mean that's been around for a while. The the issue is it's like people people want the option of knowing that their battery isn't going to be completely fried in a year after fast charging, right? And, you know, it doesn't matter. And it's the way all lithium batteries charge because it's essentially, you know, it's a pressure thing. You're trying to fill fill a, a limited space. And if you put a current in at a certain rate, the the more it fills up the more pressure it builds that's why you have to reduce the charging speed as it goes on it it happens for teslas it happens for you know all electric cars uh that's why you can you know charge a tesla from you know five percent to fifty percent in you know 15 20 minutes but then fifty percent to you know 100 takes another hour right like um so I mean, there's we're still trying to work through those technologies. Lithium-ion batteries have progressed immensely over the years. I mean, it used to be that after two years, everybody's 
lithium ion cells were completely bulging at the back. I mean, I remember my T-Mobile G1 when I had it. I went through like four batteries in the course of two years just because they would all they would all get swollen after six to seven months. Mm-hmm. And now, like, that still happens from time to time, but it doesn't happen nearly as often as it did. So the technology's gotten a lot better. But I don't know, like... Give me wireless charging. Give me give me something different. Give me something innovative. You know, for for smartwatches or oh yeah, uh, being I've able long to said that smartwatches are long overdue for fast charging. <laughs> well, fast charging, but also um, give me like regenerative charging. Like there's some mm. watches out there. You know, not smartwatches, but there's watches out there that. People just jogging um, to get their battery. Well, back. you're jogging, or they they have a heat sensor where it, it it charges the battery based off of the heat of your wrist, and it does a does a heat transfer. And there's watches out there on the market that do that, and you can't really do that with Wear OS watches because those batteries only last, you know, maybe what a day and a half, three days max. Like I've never had a Wear OS watch that's gone more than three days on a single charge. Same, but with this rumored OnePlus watch that it might not have Wear OS, it's using a proprietary operating system, kind of like Samsung's doing, like Huawei's doing, which would most likely be the reason why they're going that way is for battery life. I mean, I don't know if you use the Huawei watch, I think it's the GT2 that came out. I, I the actually, last one. Uh, I actually, wasn't the GT2... Is it that's the one that they which one did I review? Because I remember adoring it, honestly, because I called and it, it the anti smartwatch. Like 14 days or something like that. And some people were complaining like it's not Wear OS, it doesn't have I can't get all my apps on it. And you know, I I've gone through the list of apps that I use on my smartwatch and I'm like, I only use like three and I really don't need them. You know, I just need fitness tracking and i just need heart rate monitoring and i just need the time and i just need notifications and if i've got that i don't need all these other dedicated apps which is so funny Um, because it wasn't until and i'm wearing a dead apple watch right now so this is a perfect um this is a perfect metaphor not metaphor this is a perfect analogy because the apple watch despite having so many capabilities despite being technically the best wearable um, right now, uh, it also doesn't have a whole lot in terms of battery life. And the same can be said, like you just said, for the Wear OS devices. I think the mm-hmm. TicWatch Pro 3 is the only one that has really sort of impressed us with how long it can actually go. Um, but that's only because it has a, f- a secondary display that consumes mm-hmm. pretty much no battery. And if the watch dies, that secondary display stays on for another two weeks, <laughs> tracking your steps and Indeed. things um, like and- that. But then we have Samsung with Tizen, and that one I feel like is somewhere in like in a weird middle ground because those those watches don't last for too too long either because they still have the extra capabilities that Tizen tries to have. Yeah, well, and then Tizen Tizen honestly is trying to be Wear OS. Like mm-hmm. there's dedicated apps you can install on there, and it is compared to what Huawei is doing, or even you know say a Fitbit, right? The Fitbit, I forget the the Versa. I don't know, whatever one's the latest one. I mean, that one doesn't last two weeks, but it will go, you know, four, five, six days, depending on, you know, what specific usage you're using. Um, the Versa and- wasn't bad. And of, of course, whenever we talk about smartwatches, JV over here with his 
nostalgia has to bring up the pebble and like say no, we that's the pebble. <laughs> should I should I get my pebble over here? I mean, you could. Oh, that's right. You have you have your yeah yeah yeah. You have your. I have my stand of watches for those who can't see. And uh, here, what do we even call pep- this? The the pipe the pipe of watches. Yeah, it's, it's it's a pipe of watches. <laughs> uh, that's a brilliant yeah, way of displaying them, by the way. Pebble time steal right there. Mm-hmm. I love that watch. A part of me thought about unearthing my my Pebble too, um, just for the hell of it. Just to be just to be a bit iconoclastic, you know. If it starts to show up in my videos again, people are going to be like, "What is he wearing? What is that thing?" But anyway, I'll, pu- I'll pull out my original Pebble. It's in a box somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was so, a piece of junk. But <laughs> so, what, but where do you the find? Thing lasted a week, right? It did. It did, and it 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 had its own quirks to to achieve that. Now, meanwhile, with OnePlus. Yeah, um, this OnePlus watch apparently is going to be using a an OS that we have seen in a lot of these better called fitness trackers first before mm-hmm. smartwatches. Um, do you think that the OnePlus watch is going to land somewhere in that realm or will it still have some of the smarts just dialed back, so to speak? I, I would say it's going to fall, I don't know, like, like part of me wants it to be as smart as possible, but then... The part of me that loved the latest Huawei watch and simply for the fact that it did 95% of what I typically use a Wear OS smartwatch to do, but lasted seven times longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing. I I don't know if you went, not this past year, because we did not go to CES, uh, <laughs> but last year, there, AmazeFit had a smartphone smartwatch launch at CES. I don't know if you got that one, mm-hmm. uh, but they it AmazeFit makes um, the watches for Xiaomi. Yeah, so they're they're the they're one of the other brands that manufactures for Xiaomi because Xiaomi doesn't make their own smartwatches. Um, but they they have I think it was called the T Rex or something and it yeah, was like I remember it being some grade. interesting name yeah but the battery lasts thirty two days on that watch and yes it's nowhere near as smart as Wear OS but it had like a hundred different different sports tracking things it had military grade durability like they're like you can take a brick and throw a brick at it and it'll still work and had a great color display you still got notifications and music controls from your smartphone on it uh touchscreen all that and it would last a month Mm. and it's like well do i really need to make sure i have the spotify app on my watch because i'm gonna have my phone with me too like do i need to be able to control like I would still have music controls on the watch. It's just it wouldn't be the Spotify app. It would just be pause whatever is playing or play yeah. the last thing that you know I was connected to. Um, so yeah, I'd like I like I want it to be as smart as possible. But honestly, like, does it really need to be? And what are the trade offs there? And I'm all for making some trade offs if I don't need to remember to charge my watch four times a week. Like if I can charge it one time a week or one time a month or whatever the battery life would be, who knows? I, I personally, I would be willing to make those trade-offs. But the one thing I'm sad about is the round display because the oh, watch I'm wearing about, right. I was just about I'm, to I'm say. I'm wearing the Oppo watch right here, which is sister company to OnePlus. And I'm like, sure. the best thing about the Oppo watch 
is the square display and that's the reason that it's been my go-to watch for this past year really though okay i love it's that you more brought usable it up this way well okay it's here's more the thing. Usable. we 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 actually didn't I, I realized in this entire conversation regarding the uh the, uh, the oneplus watch that we never said it was a round body so it's good that you brought that up but i was actually going to say that makes it way more accessible to people who are still looking at these watches as like because let's put it this way there's a distinction that I try to make when it comes to these smartwatches. Uh, the Apple Watch is a wearable. I actually still hate that they call it a watch. I, I think it should be... I know wearable is not as buzzy of a term, but this is such a smart watch, including like the TicWatch Pro 3. That smartwatch definitely does fit that fit that descriptor. For watches more like the Amaze Fits or the Zeps, I actually have a Zep, and um, per potentially this OnePlus watch that doesn't have as many of the smarts, I actually kind of want to call it something like a digital plus. Because it, <laughs> it, it kind of is. Like, there are some extra things that are in it, but I always say this, like, what is stopping all of these manufacturers for actual watches from putting in some of these quote-unquote smart features, like a vibration motor or... Like um, uh, maybe just because then you got the hybrid watches. Why do we call them hybrid? They're kind of like digital plus, aren't they? Like it's the same thing. It's yeah, but the hybrid watches are <clears throat> completely different. I don't know. Like the the only thing that they're specifically missing. talking about, like the fossil hybrid watches. Indeed, but the the only thing that they're missing really. Because they take an analog body, sure, but they also have a display on it that gives you some notifications, which is what you said. There are a couple of apps in there, like a timer and a stopwatch and all those things. The only thing it's really missing is workout tracking. So that makes it like it's it's no. The hybrid ones have workout tracking as well. My wife, my wife has a, has a fossil one, and it has hers has a heart rate monitor. It has work. Oh, it like does have the she, heart rate monitor. Yeah, I agree. Yes, it does have a heart. Like if she's out on a walk, it it buzzes and says, "Are you working out right now? Do you want to start a workout?" Like it's it, not, it, it's not, it's far from robust. It's not like a fitness yeah. tracker first. And like the maze fits are kind of fitness tracker more in that realm. Yeah. Right? So like I, I would put a maze fit in the same category as, you know, the best that Fitbit has. Yes. Right. Like it's, it's on that same category. Like I mean, Fitbit fit is, is, is a, a smartwatch, but it's more of a fitness tracker first than the smart. I think the difference between, for me comes down to and this can't be applied retroactively because i would consider a the pebble a smartwatch right in my mind yes but the difference between the hybrid watches or you know the whatever plus moniker you want to give digital that, plus yes digital plus is the touchscreen so if i'm okay. interacting with the screen like to me there's that extra level of interaction and computation that's happening when i'm touching a screen versus trying to fiddle with side buttons okay i can i, I get you there for um, me that's 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 where i would call the distinction right yeah I, I just wanted to put sort of my perspective there because like i've I've, i mean we both have used so many smartwatches, and i feel like the all-encompassing term is starting to get a little tiresome because some of these watches for example the zeb z that i have it's a very expensive watch it's made to be premium not only in its materials, but in its look, it is mm -hmm. a it is a smart watch in the sense that it has software in it. There are apps. There's fitness tracking. There's even like stress management and stuff like that. But then the one layer that most of us look at when it comes to what makes a watch smart, its notification layer is trash. It will yeah. only tell you when calls and messages are coming in, nothing else. Mm -hmm. So 
that makes me think like this is digital plus then this is more digital plus yeah. more towards fitness tracking like it's not a smart watch in my brain <laughs> yeah so like a level of notifications for me that is acceptable is not what you get on so many of the hybrid watches where as you said you only get call and text message notifications and maybe one or two other apps that they've done specific integration for like yeah. i think fossil does whatsapp and a couple other messaging apps but that's pretty much it mm -hmm. um like i any notification that shows up as a push notification on my android smartphone that should be able to be delivered to my smartwatch and for me that's that's where it's at and, and every manufacturer kind of has their different levels as to what they push through and what they don't yeah. and you know depending on how deep they have integration into the android api and all that but i don't know like well, before before we me, like before we I, actually go through like our final points, actually, I I don't mean to gloss over the thing you were trying to say earlier. Why do you think that the round body, the round screen, is a detriment to the OnePlus Watch? Uh, so I was, I've used an Apple Watch. I've never owned an Apple Watch. Okay. And when I use the Apple Watch. Like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is whatever. Like I was so excited for round Wear OS watches, you know, after the first couple square ones showed up and just because round was cool, like, dude, we have a circular display. How cool is that? But then using the Apple watch, I realized from a touchscreen interaction and a display standpoint, you're losing real estate. Hmm. You know, if if you have a screen that's the same size, you're you you're losing usable real estate if you go with a round display. So, the display on the Oppo Watch, which is square, is smaller than like the display on my Sunto. I think it's the Sunto Seven smartwatch. That's a big but watch to begin with. <laughs> it, it it's a big watch to be. It's big and bulky, and that's it's a pitched as like a diving watch right mm -hmm. um but like it's smaller but it's more usable i i find my like you can swipe all the way up to the side of the screen and go all the way up versus i do have to swipe always in the middle of the display covering you know whatever i'm swiping over right mm -hmm. it gives you more screen real estate to move things around and when you have such a small display any millimeter counts right when you're trying to interact with it um, you know the 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 one thing I would add to the Apple Watch would be, you know, a crown to navigate, uh, kind of like Fossil or Apple have done. I do think that that's I, uh, that should be more or less a prerequisite for smartwatches. Yeah, I mean, forward. I App, Apple and Fossil have done it right. You know, having having that crown, being able to use that to navigate menus and stuff like that. But other than that, like I don't know, like the aesthetic of the Square Watch, like it might not look like a traditional timepiece but i don't know like i i grew up with uh swatch watches mm -hmm. and if anyone's ever gone to a swatch store there's nothing in a swatch store that looks like a traditional timepiece they all look crazy and are goofy and square watches and round watches and teardrop watch like they they're, they're a also, thousand and one different shapes but they're also incredibly accessible and i think that's the reason why i like this move that oneplus is making like in multiple ways because yeah. this is a thin watch it is round it doesn't look too imposing compared to many smartwatches you just took out that sunto and there was a time when smartwatches literally were all that thick <laughs> mm -hmm. oh um, this sunto watch is a beast it is a beast <laughs> but the other thing i will say is when they 
when they forego Wear OS, this is my speculation, but I feel like this watch is going to be cross-platform compatible. And I think that makes it a pretty dope item. With the clout that OnePlus has in the tech space, to have a smartwatch that could potentially be used no matter what phone you're using, I think that's a pretty big deal. So, because uh, that's what it is with um, like the Zeps and the Amazfits and all of that, they are not. They're they're kind of platform agnostic because they don't have Wear OS or anything else. Like it's not like you can get Watch OS on a non-Apple device. But I'm just saying you can use those with an iPhone, for example. So if that's the case with this, I think it's... Well, Wear uh, OS watches can be used with an iPhone. Yes and that's, no. That's why, they, that's why <laughs> they changed... Yes, and like not everything, but you, you can install the, the Wear OS app and sync it and set it up and you get 95% of the functionality that you get with Android. I, I think the, I the thing that doesn't... <laughs> the thing that doesn't fully work is notifications. Which is and a that's thing. thing. Which is a big thing, but notifications on iOS devices on their own don't work. Like, Apple still hasn't figured out notifications on their own smartphones. So to say okay, they fair. don't translate, th- I to see say where you're that they don't translate there. well to a smartwatch makes, like, no, that's Apple's fault, not not Google's. I right? see where you're coming from there, um, though I will then bring up, you know, wearable versus wearable. The way the watch, the, the way that the Apple Watch handles notifications is kind of sublime. Like, it's pretty freaking like it's 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 that useful and it comes down to like the haptic engine as well and all that so yeah well but that that has nothing the haptic engine has nothing to do with the operating it's beside the point like that's hardware yeah no so i i i'm kind of excited for this oneplus watch and kind of still hesitant just because we don't know what it will deliver in terms of software if it doesn't run wear os Hopefully it is better than some of these, you know, third-party operating systems that we've seen. Um, but yeah, it's it'll it'll be interesting. It'll it'll be nice to see a OnePlus step into the wearable game like this, and hopefully the price will be accessible as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm again just going to put it out there. I, I'm not. I'm. I tried to coin phrases in my tech journalism career before. Um, <laughs> One that still hurts, that no one picked up, that I think is still... I'm sick of the term athleisure because it, it is, because it assumes that athletic wear can't be presentable. Like, it's made for athleisure. So we have this whole movement of people who are wearing, like, sweatpants to, like, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and, like, it's, it's athleisure wear. No, there is actually fitness clothing that can work in multiple places. We should call it fitness casual. That's what it should be called. So if the OnePlus watch is more digital plus in the sense that it has smarts, but it's not a full-fledged smart watch in the eyes of like an Apple watch, a TicWatch Pro 3 or anything mm-hmm. like that, I'm, I'm, I'm for it as well. Because I, I, I come back to the notifications again and again because I'd noticed, when's the last time you actually replied to something? Oh, never. Right? We never, don't need never. that. I don't we need don't that. need that. And honestly, like the only notifications I turn on on my smartwatch are messaging notifications. I yes. don't want email notifications. I don't want Call of Duty mobile notifications. <laughs> I don't want any. I just want messaging notifications. So to that point of even, you know, those hybrid watches from Fossil that don't have a touchscreen and have, you know, a an e-paper display, 
you can't really read anything because those displays are so low resolution on them. But the fact that they only show incoming calls and text messages, I'm like, you know, if they had Telegram support, I'd be totally into it. Because they should, I thought they know. did by now, but I don't remember. Have, but, my, my wife doesn't use Telegram, so I, I don't know what she's getting, but she, you know, it, it works for her. Okay, understood. Um, but yeah, I think I think that uh, that pretty much does it. Um, you know, like like any week nowadays, um, you know, slightly shorter shows. It's just we didn't do one on Tuesday, so it's still a slightly shorter show for this end of the week. I hope everyone is doing all right out there. Um, yeah, um, take care over the weekend and and everything. Uh, we'll see what OnePlus has in store for us next week. Um, I believe it's next week. Is it next week? Yeah, it should be the oh, this 23rd. Is, this is the March 23rd date. And then Apple's like, no, April. <laughs> yeah, so March 23rd. And then I think Oppo has an announcement on Monday as well. Oh, do they? Not Oppo, Poco. Oh, Poco. I was like, hmm? I What's keep confusing. I did that last time on the podcast. too. <laughs> I know um, the difference. I swear. The only date that I'm happy has changed uh, came from the IRS. So let me just put that on the record. It's nice that we have another month to do our taxes. So I will say. <laughs> Though I did turn mine into the accountant yesterday. Oh, you, you. So I feel this huge sense of relief. I got my taxes done. I don't know <laughs> if she's going to come back with a thousand questions for me because it's the first time we're using this accountant. You're like the guy that gets his homework done at his desk the day it was assigned <laughs> oh whatever my wife was on me since since like january 29th and like have you done the taxes yet i'm like i'm still waiting for things to show up in the mail how do i i can't do that's my taxes true. yet that's true i'm gonna have to go back uh, through so many records but anyway nick does have uh nick does have to go um but yeah thank you again man and i'm, I'm very appreciative of you as always um with uh my pleasure with- with everything that's going on, I just want to keep putting out as much as possible to everybody. Please take care of yourselves and each other. There's a reason I reason why I say that after every video, regardless of where, every video, every podcast, all of it. So please do take care of one another. Uh, and yeah, Nick, um, uh, I haven't done this in a while, but do you have anything you want to plug before you go? Uh, not really. You know, I did my camera comparisons last week with the Oppo Find X3 Pro. I've got some videos coming up next week but yeah just have a good weekend that's that's my recommendation just have a good weekend there we go don't watch too many videos over the weekend don't do that well i mean we got the snyder cut you know the new marvel show came out yeah go watch that don't don't stay (laughs) on youtube go go watch some real real content (laughs) cool um all right well uh with that said we're gonna go ahead and get into the outro starting now All of the links for Nick Gray, Fandroid, and myself are found in the show notes. Make sure you click on all of those so that you can follow us across the interwebs. From there, you can also follow PocketNow. Of course, PocketNow.com for all the latest headlines at PocketNow for uh, social media presence. Uh, There's a lot going on on Twitter and Instagram, as always. And then, of course, go over to YouTube.com slash PocketNow for video content that is coming out pretty much every single day. With all that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Again, please take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you in our next episode.